Who doesn't want to just keep singing, right? Thank you, worship team. And really, that's what we're here to do today. We're going to look at what it looks like to be surrendered to the Lord. And, and we often ask, how do I live that way? We all want it. That's what's inside our heart. That's why we sing like that. Our hearts reach out and want to sing that way. So we've been able to have this series. Uh, Pastor Brian, we miss him very much. Um, he's over in South Africa today with, with Dom. Um, and he continued in this series in the book of Galatians called Breaking Free. Uh, two weeks ago, we uh, had our last message on that, where Scott preached the beginning of chapter 5, uh, where we gained a deeper understanding of the freedom we have been given for, to live for God and to live in a way that glorifies Him. That's what we're singing about. We learned that faith expressing itself through love is what matters. We discovered the stuff that takes up room in our hearts and our minds that's taking us away from that freedom, and we were encouraged to get rid of it. Get rid of that mess in our lives that's holding us back and to live in that freedom. And Scott did a great job. Really appreciate that. Um, this week I get to continue in chapter 5. And we're going to look at the idea of breaking free and tackling the rest of what's there. And there's two things that come across here. One is being free from living from the flesh and what it means to live free in the spirit. And the second one is the idea of walking in the spirit and, and keeping in step with that. So speaking of keeping in step, um, how many of you have ever been in a parade? Anybody been in parade? We have some evidence here of some members of our church here. This is uh, KJ. <laughs> and then the next slide, we have his partner in crime. So right over here in Hatboro, every year we have the 58th this year annual Hatboro Holiday Parade coming up. And as you might know, a parade is a place where it's very important to keep in step. How many of you have ever watched a parade, almost parade bloopers, where somebody's just not getting it, right? <laughs> They're just marching, and then they realize what's going on, and what do they do? They stop and they readjust. Now, these people are in step, okay, because they follow after my wife. She she's keeps them in, in step, okay? But that's really what we're going to talk about a little bit for this, this morning. God has similar designs for our lives. He desires for us to stay in step with him, stay in step with his spirit. And when we drift away, we're going to learn a little bit what it's like to kind of get re back keeping in step with him and his spirit. So Paul encourages the believers here in the church in Galatia and also to us to walk in the Spirit and keep in step with the Spirit. Now what's interesting is through the first chapters that we looked at here in Galatians, there was a focus on legalism. There was a worry that people were moving away from the freedom they had in Christ and being bound back into the law. But as we shift here in chapter 5, that what we see happening is, is that there's a worry no longer about legalism, but there's something called license. And license just means that you feel free to do whatever you want. I'm saved, doesn't matter, I can sin all I want. And that was really what some of the criticism came across at that time, and Paul was writing against that. So I would say if legalism abandons grace, we can say that license abuses grace. So we don't want either one. We don't want to abandon grace in our lives and go back trapped into legalism. But on the other side, we don't want to have this license in our lives where we just don't really care. And so Paul was able to point the Galatians church to get away from these things and move forward in freedom in Christ. The law cannot, can tell us what to do, but it doesn't give us the power to do it. The gospel calls us to holiness and gives us the power to live the holy lives. That's really what Paul's talking about here. And our passage today gives us more insight into that. So we're going to turn to that now. For those of you who have a Bible or a Bible app, I encourage you to turn to Galatians chapter 5. We're looking at verses 13 through 26. Now, this is a lot to traverse, so I'm going to only highlight the two things I mentioned earlier, kind of walking in the Spirit and keeping step in the Spirit. 
But there's so much here. This would be a great thing to just spend their time this week um, walking through other parts of this. So I'm going to read that, starting in verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. That's what I'm talking about, that license there. Rather what? Serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. And Rich prayed about this earlier. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you'll be destroyed by each other. And here's our focus, one of our areas of focus. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For, what the, flesh, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with one another, so that you are not to do whatever you want. There's that license idea again. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against those things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have been crucified, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying one another. So as I mentioned, there's two ideas I want to bring across today from our passage. One is walking by the Spirit, and one is keeping in step by the Spirit. So if we jump to verse 16, we can see that we're directed to walk by the Spirit. Okay, what does this mean to walk by the Spirit? Okay. So how many of you have ever been on a hike, uh, actually at a national park, and used a guide, right? So a guide is the one who allows you to kind of understand what's there, notice things, but you still have the freedom. You're still walking by yourself. And that's a sense that's going on here. With, when, when Paul talks about this walking, there's a sense of guiding. The Spirit is guiding our lives. It's giving us the desire to notice things, to do things, and as we sang earlier, it gives us the power. So it's both the direction and the power we get from God's Spirit. And the power is the one that gives us the ability to live in ways that please God rather than please ourselves. Now, Paul mentioned in the beginning of our passage in verses 13 and 14 how it's about serving one another, humbly in love, and loving others the same way we love ourselves. That's what walking in the Spirit looks like. It's living our lives as if the spiritual nature is directing us. We can almost call it a supernatural way of living because it's different than a natural way. It's about being saved and living like you're saved. One of my favorite writers, Hedges, puts it this way, spiritual growth is not about moving on from where we began, that's the gospel. It's about growing deeper in that gospel, or more importantly, the gospel grow deeper inside you. So as you look back to your own spiritual journey, how is the gospel getting deeper and deeper in your heart? How is the spirit starting to lead you more and more in the way you live your life? How I live my life? I know for me at times, and Rich prayed this a bit, the last part of verse 16 clarifies, when I walk by the Spirit, or live by the Spirit, I'm not going to gratify the desires of my flesh, or live by the flesh. Now the flesh here refers to what, just what I'm naturally inclined to do. It's a natural way of living. It's about being human. And the reality is, is that I find in my own life, I sometimes make excuses. I'm saying, well, I'm, I'm human. What do you expect? I'm sorry I did that. I'm sorry you felt that way. I'm sorry it happened that way. I'm just human. So I know none of you have ever said that. Um, but what I encourage us this morning to do is just think about, instead of saying I'm human as an excuse to 
act this way, let's say I'm saved as a reason to walk in the Spirit and demonstrate these fruits of the Spirit that we're going to look at in a few ways. Paul actually later writes a letter to the church in Rome. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 4, he puts it this way, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but what? But according to the Spirit. There's a contrast going on here. And a conflict is really what's going on. In verse 17, Paul displays this idea of a conflict between the Spirit and the flesh. They're opposed to one another. There's different desires going on inside our hearts. I think what happens though sometimes is we feel, I don't know, I, I grew up in a cartoon era when cartoons were, and you had like this little angel on one side and this little devil on the other, right? Does everybody remember those things? And that's the contrast we kind of think is going on. Like, oh, there's this devil, all right, do the works of the flesh, and the other one, do the works of the spirit. But that's not going on at all. If you want to think of any devil, he's been expelled. There's no devil left in us. We only have the spirit of God left in us. There's only God's spirit acting as giving us desire and discipline to do God's things. So this is not some sort of tug of war back and forth between two opposing forces. This is the reality. Is we're either under control of one thing or another. Okay? So either, the reality is I'm either under the control of the Spirit, living through the Spirit, or to be fair, I've given that control back to my natural self. I, I'm not, there's no tug of war. It's one or the other. And, you know, those of us who have, any of you have a relationship with me and spend any time with me, you see which way I'm going. You can tell who's in charge of me at that moment. It's pretty obvious in my own life. Um, so this inner conflict is more about surrender, like we sang about in the previous song. It's about willing to give up control of ourselves back to God and allowing him to give me desire and discipline to follow him. In verses 19 and 20, Paul outlines some of these things that make it really clear what it looks like to live by the flesh, right? Sexual morality, impurity, debauchery. I don't need to go through all these. Now, what's interesting about this list is that um, these were things that the church in Galatia was most inclined to do. These are the things that many of them in their spiritual histories had really come from. So if they were going to tell their own spiritual story, these are things that they could look back and probably have one of these things as part of their journey that God had actually saved them from. And that's why Paul brings them up. He reminds them that these are the things from which you've been saved. Now what I'd like us to do just for a second, and we're not going to write something down or talk to, your, talk to the person sitting next to you, but if Paul was going to make a list for you of the things that your life was like before you were saved, before you came to faith, the things that characterized your flesh, what would those things be? Would it be things like hatred or discord, jealousy, fits of rage, and self-ambition that he mentions? Or there's other things in there, because Paul, what I really like about it, he has this little phrase, and the like, he sneaks in at the end. It's very encompassing. It basically means there's a bunch of other stuff. I'm not even going to, you know, you talk to somebody, you're like, oh, well, this and this and this, and, you know, a lot of other things that I could not mention right now. So think about your own journey, your own spiritual journey. What are those, I know in my life, um, there's things here that he mentions that really selfish ambition really lines up really nice with me. Um, fits of rage lines up nice with me. And there's other things that may line up nice with your own spiritual journey. And these are the things that when I have selfish ambition or I have fits of rage, these are things that are my flesh coming out. What are those things in your own journey? And what's great is, is that Paul uses this abbreviated list to just kind of talk about a lifestyle. So when I'm having those things, it's not just a, an outburst, but it's really a pattern I've gotten into. And he doesn't want me to be in that way anymore. I have the Spirit inside me. I can live according to the Spirit. I can walk according to the Spirit. 
And that's why he turns our attention to these famous things, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When we hear these, we think about them, but do you ever think that there might be more? I mean, these are really, it's called the fruit of the Spirit because it's more slices than orange, but we're in the world as things like trust and hope and perseverance. Again, Paul's not trying to make an exhaustive list here when he gives us the fruit of the Spirit. It's a great list. We, many of us memorize the memory of us, try to embody that, evaluate ourselves according to it. But the idea here is living in the Spirit. These are just some things that start happening when you live according to God's Spirit. And again, these are things that stood out in the church of Galatia and the people who were there in that church at that time. So again, if you were going to make a list of your own life, and what are the things that you're seeing in your own life right now as you walk with the Spirit, how do you act? Are you kind? For me, when I'm kind, it's only the Holy Spirit. Okay? Are you patient? Well, when I'm patient, it's only the Holy Spirit. You know, do you trust? Are you, are you faithful? Are you peaceful? Do you have joy? Are you gentle? If you are those things, that's why Paul says there's no law against them. When you are acting that way, you are definitely walking in the Spirit. If you ever wonder, hey, am I walking in the Spirit? Ask those around you, hey, am I being kind? Am I being faithful? Am I being peaceful? So these set of verses are really contrasting lists of lifestyles, of being under the control of different things. It's really about where we were before and where we're going now. It's looking back at when we were powerless and under the control of sin. And more importantly, looking forward to say, I'm saved. I can live that way. I don't have to live like that anymore. So if you're here today and this topic of living according to the Spirit seems a little foreign to you, I want to encourage you that maybe God is prompting you to understand who He is and what He's done for you. He may be drawing you. He may be calling you right now. <laughs> That's Him. It's a calling. It's a calling. We often use that word, but really drawing you into a relationship today. May today be the day you start. May today be the day that living by the Spirit makes some sort of weird sense to you. May you be encouraged by that. Now, for the rest of us who have already entered into that relationship, who've already been called by God, who's answered that call, we don't have to live this way anymore. We don't have to make excuses. As Paul warned us, like, this is, this is dangerous. We could be doing things that are destructive to ourselves and to others. Stop it. Now, what's neat is in the verse preceding this list in verse 18, Paul reminds them as if we're led by the Spirit, we're no longer under the law, we're free. We're free to live by the Spirit. We don't throw the law out. Okay, but rather now, thanks to the Spirit inside of us, we have these desires and disciplines to obey the law. That's why. We don't obey God's law out of fear anymore. We obey God's law out of love. The Spirit empowers us to obey. He isn't forcing us to do it. He gives us desire. And that desire is powerful. Now, walking in the Spirit and, and this whole thing and creating, what does it look like? Well, to me, unfortunately, it's every day, every hour, every minute. Because I can easily, just like marching in the parade, I can easily get out of step. And we're going to talk about what it looks like to kind of keep in step with God's Spirit. So how do I know that I'm like leading in God's Spirit and kind of walking in His Spirit? I think one of the things we say, Paul puts it later on in, in, in Colossians verse 1 to 10, he says, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him and please God in every way bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of Christ. 
Now, what happens, though, we do have some people. Now, once you start and you, you're saved and you understand who God is and what he's done for you, there are people in your life who sometimes come to you and say, you know, I feel God's spirit leading me to do this. Or God's told me to do this. Or I really understand God wants me to do this. But there's this question mark that comes up in your head when you hear that. How many of you have ever met somebody who said something like that and you get a little question mark, right? And you're not quite sure. Okay, is really God's spirit leading you or is this some sort of maybe, you know, indigestion, right? I mean, the, so how can we discern once we are saved, once we are walking out spirit and, and the spirit leads us to be or to do something if it's that, that's really what he wants? Well, fortunately, God's given us two senses of checks and I want to encourage us in those. The first is his word, okay? God's spirit happened to be the co-author of this book that we read, that we're looking at today. So God's spirit is never contradictory to God's word. Right? So if you meet somebody and they have this thing, I really have a desire to do this and God wants me to do this, I'm feeling God's spirit. And if it's contrary to God's word, it's not. Okay? There's people who want to do things. Maybe they want, we've come across, I've had people who've come to me or friends or acquaintances of mine and they say, look, I really want to feel God wants me to do this with my taxes a certain way. I feel God wants me to have this relationship with this person who I'm not married to because it just feels so right. I want to do this thing at work, even though it may cost me my family. There's a lot of things that people do with this sense of underneath the guise of I'm being led by God or God's telling me to do something. So we need to check the spirits leading against what the Bible has to say. So if there's a conclusion, action, or emotion that God's word has made clear is not pleasing to him in scripture, it's not walking with the spirit. It's just out for a walk down a very dangerous path. And that brings us to the second thing. Second thing is God has another check for us involved, and that is his church. God puts us in communities of faith, right, to care for one another. And that's why when I asked you, do you ever come across somebody who has this, oh, God really led me to do this? I mean, God put you in that person's life to be that person and say, I, I don't think so. I'm not so sure. It could be a brother, it could be a daughter, it could be a friend. It could be a son. It could be a neighbor. Um, God has us in each other's lives to speak truth and to say, look, I don't think that's really what God wants you to do. I don't think the Holy Spirit's really leading you in this way. And it could cause conflict and it's awkward. And many of us are afraid to express those concerns. And then we see people slide towards things that are very destructive towards themselves or others. So walking in the Spirit, again, is, is not some sort of license to sin or license to have a personal preference or license to a personal agenda. Walking in the Spirit is those things that we said earlier. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, understanding. When you're acting those ways, you're definitively walking God's Spirit. So now we have this deeper understanding of what it means to live by the Spirit. What is this idea of keeping in step with the Spirit? Now the word for keeping in step with the Spirit is a very interesting one for those of you who are, are history buffs. I mean, this, Paul is using language here that's very unique. And it's really about military formation. Okay, so basically... Those who march in step, he also uses the word dance. Some of you are more dancers. I think, you know, Ken used to dance, and, you know, the dancers all have to act in a certain way. Many of us watch, you know, dancing shows, and, you know, they all have to act. And you can see when somebody's out of step, right, or they're not in sync with the group. In the military, it's much more important. If you don't march in unison and you don't line up in a certain way, you put the whole group in danger. So in Paul's day, military battles were very different than they are today. Defense was based upon a very strict position of working together, as you can see here. This is the way that they were set up, 
okay? Moving together as a unit. The shields were made in a way that they could each literally be locked together side by side and help each other out. Now, a row of shields together provided this solid defense, okay, that you'll see. So they can both attack and there. Now, so if one of the guys here gets out of step with another, not only is he personally vulnerable, but he makes the whole group vulnerable because everything could fall apart inside. So when we talk about keeping in step with the spirit, Paul's using some imagery from the military about really how we're not only to keep in step with God's spirit individually, but we're supposed to keep in step with God's spirit corporately. We're a group. We're a team. We're in the battle together. And one other thing you can imagine, just imagine this sight of seeing hundreds of men moving as a single unit, not just that small group. I showed. This could be frightening to an enemy to see everybody working together. And that's God's design. Marching and moving in a way doesn't come naturally for us, right? When, I, when somebody joins the military, those of you who have been in the military, we honored you guys this morning, right? I mean, did marching just something you did before you joined the military all the time and you really enjoyed that? No, it's something you learned as a discipline. You started to do that and you did that with regularity and it was one of those things where you protected one another and looked out for each other. A soldier's not on his own. He belonged to a body and his soul to his unit. They, soldiers drill for hours, even today, learning to function as a unit. And we work together as a unit here in our church. And we work together in a global church together. And so when Paul talks about keeping in step, he's really giving a warning like, look, you need to not only be aligned with God's spirit and where it's going, but you need to align together. So we are one body now. And there's one head of that body. I want to make sure it's very clear at our church that the head of our church is not necessarily the elders, it's Jesus Christ. We as elders follow Jesus Christ, but at our church, Jesus Christ is the head. And we keep in step with him. Now, what does this mean, keeping the step in the Spirit? How does this help me? How does this help us? So I want to first speak to those who are married. In our marriages, um, as both spouses keep in step with the Spirit and serve one another, as we saw earlier in our passage, there's what? There's harmony. There's unity between them as a couple. If one of the spouses or another spouse is not walking with the Spirit, what happens is, is that there's discord and hurt. So if you want a better marriage, both stay in step with the Spirit. Because if you're both following God's Spirit in the same way, there's going to be unity. And you're going to care for one another, protect one another. For those of us families, I want to speak to families with parents and kids. Again, if we're serving each other and keeping in step with the Spirit with each other, there's safety and harmony in your home. Want a better family? Have you and your children stay in step with the Spirit together. In our church, as leaders, we want to keep in step with the Spirit. And as we're unified in our decision-making and loving each other, we can care for you guys in a way that's effective and works. We want a better church? Have us as leaders stay in step with the Spirit. Now, this idea to keep in step with the Spirit means to be alert. And it's the Spirit's guidance. The Spirit is not some impersonal force. We sang earlier, we welcome the Spirit and we sang about him or her. It's not impersonal force. It's actually a person who guides us, as I mentioned in the beginning, empowers us to accomplish this as we choose to respond to his guidance. It's about being connected. And we talk about being transformed. That's really what happens. The Spirit begins to transform the way we think, the way we act, the things that we say in ways that are honoring and pleasing to God. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Back to the parade analogy, sometimes, you know, I in my own journey, spiritual journey get out of step. I realize that I've just woken up this morning and haven't even thought about the Holy Spirit. 
had my breakfast, started work, did other things, and up to lunch, kids come home, do other things, and Holy Spirit hasn't even crossed my mind about three quarters of the way through my day. And I wonder why I don't have peace. I wonder why I don't have joy. I wonder why I'm, I'm confused and frustrated. I'm out of step. I've lost step. I've lost awareness of where I'm at in my spiritual journey. As I mentioned, this is a daily thing. So I get back in step. So, you know, if you, you just kind of get back in the rhythm and get out of step. So this morning, if you've been walking on your own without following the Holy Spirit, maybe today is the day you start doing it, if you've never done it before. I mean, how many of you have ever started walking somewhere? This time of year, it's very hard. Maybe we'll start walking at the mall soon, right? But those of us, you start walking. If you've never walked before, you just start walking. And once you get a habit of walking every day, you can walk longer and farther. So I want to encourage you today, if you've never walked with the Holy Spirit, may be today be the first day you do that. If you are someone who's been walking with the Spirit for some time, but like someone marching in parade, maybe you're a lot of step. Maybe it's today you get, you get yourself back in, back in rhythm. And let's create something where we together, the church, are marching together in a parade. Because it's fun to see people marching in a parade, isn't it? I mean, it, it's, it's really, whether it's a marching band, whether it's a group, I mean, why do we sit on the side and watch a parade? Well, one is because our kids are in it, right? Right, I mean, it's, but often it's just, it's, there's something beautiful about a parade. There's something that just draws our attention to it, to see people marching in, in a way that, just for something to celebrate. And we have something to celebrate. We have the, Jesus Christ died for us. He gave his life for us. He's given us his spirit, and we're able to walk just like in a parade, in a way that is beautiful to watch and in total unity. What I want to do is I want to end our time here on this topic with a song. It's a song by a band many of you are familiar with called Mercy Me. Uh, Mercy Me wrote uh, this song very recently. And it's a song about the Holy Spirit. And it's called Ghost. We're going to have it played here just in about a few seconds. But before we do, I just want to take the time. And as this song is playing, just think about the things that we talked about today. The things that we touched on to give you insights into who the Holy Spirit is and how he wants to guide you and keep in step with you. Am I, am I good? Okay, sorry. Um, so anyway, Walter's going to put this song on. I just want you to, 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 to listen to it and think through some of the things we talked about today. Thanks. <laughs> 